Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Well, all right. Good morning again, everyone. Welcome to One Life Church. Are you glad to be in church today, everybody? Yeah. Hey, it is good to have you with us. If this is your first time with us, my name is Rhett, and I have the honor and the privilege of being the lead pastor here at One Life Church. And hey, as Nick mentioned, we are in a series called From This Day Forward. But before we jump into that, can we do something we do every week? And that is, can we welcome our online church podcast family right now? Come on, throw your hands together. Let them know how much you love them. Yeah, however you're joining us today online or listening, we are so thankful that you are along for the ride. You are our family. We love you, and we cannot wait to see you soon. We're sending air high five, air fist bump, air elbow, air everything to you today. All right, you guys, well, we are a message note-taking church. What does that mean? It means we like to take some notes. We believe that notes actually give you the ability to retain more, because uh, the honest truth is I don't want to just inspire you on a Sunday. I want to give you the tools that you need from Monday through Saturday. So if I I can encourage you to take out your smartphone, any digital device that you've walked in here today. Go to olc.church, click on the button that says message notes, and get ready to follow along today because I believe that God's given me a word today that honestly could bring, has the power to change your life, your marriage, and all your relationships today. And my hope today is it's kind of twofold it's for those who are single and it's for those who are married. If you're single in this room today, I want you to know that I want to give you the tools to prepare you for a life giving marriage one day if that is something you desire. But it also applies not only just to marriages, but it applies to everything. Parenting, it applies to just friendships. And so wherever you are in whatever season of your life in today, I believe that these tools can prepare you for something that is God-honoring, life-giving, and that will bring fulfillment into your life and into your relationships. And so here's the question we've been asking through this entire series, and it really is the big idea. And that is, are great relationships possible? Are great marriages possible? And of course, we all know that the answer should be yes, but many of us, if we're being honest, we're not quite sure. And the reason being is because we've all had some bad days, haven't we? We've all had difficulty in our lives from difficult people in our lives. And so are great relationships possible? Yes, but they're probably not probable if you're doing things the world's way. But they're absolutely possible if you're doing things God's way. And that's what this series is all about. And the Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. Look at this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. In other words, don't do things the world's way, especially when it comes to the area of your relationships. Why? Because the bottom line is this. It will destroy your life, your marriage, and your relationships. But instead... Don't think, do things the world's way. Do things God's way. How? By letting him transform you. Allow God to give you the ability to do something you could never do without him. And I just want to say this. My friends, religion will suck the life out of you. Religion will give you a list of rules and say, you better line up. You better do exactly the A, B, C, D to get this. You better do it. Work hard, work hard, work hard. Make it happen. But God's not asking you for religion. God's asking for a relationship. God's saying, my friends, if you will just allow me access into your life, I will give you the ability to live 
a fulfilled life. I will transform you. Look at the rest of the verse. Into a new person by changing the way you think. Everybody say think. Think. My hope today is that you will allow God to transform the way you think, that you'll change your thinking. Because let's be honest, as much as I love One Life Church and I think it's the greatest church on the planet, a great church can't change your life. A great worship set can't change your life. An incredible message from an incredible pastor whom you love and adore can't change your life. Don't laugh too hard, okay? No, what changes your life? It's a relationship with God. It's experiencing his love. And as you begin to experience God in relationship with him, then look at the rest of the verse. You will learn to know God's will for you. In other words, you will begin to experience all that God intends for your life, for your marriage, for your family, for your kids, which is, I love it, is good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And I know what some of you are thinking when you read this. You're going, hey, Pastor Red, I'm not buying what you're throwing down. That is impossible. You're daydreaming, man. That's pie in the sky believing. Good luck. That's not happening in my life. That's a dream. And I would say, yeah, you know what? Jesus, Jesus would understand that thought. In fact, Jesus even got that thought, and he spoke to it. Look at this, Mark chapter 10, verse 27. He said, for people, this kind of living, it is impossible. But when you involve God in the process, don't miss this. When you involve God in the process, in your marriage, in your life, in your relationships, all things are possible. In fact, God even testified about himself in Jeremiah 32, 27. He says, I am the Lord, the God of every person on the earth, and nothing is impossible for me. And this is why Paul even went on to say in Philippians 4, 13, for I can do everything. I can have a great marriage. I can have a great family. I can have great kids through you. No, through me. No, through who? Through Christ who gives me the ability to do the impossible, who gives me the strength. And that's why I just want to encourage you today to say from this day forward, I'm going to make a choice to choose Christ. Why? Because it's in Christ alone that you'll have the power to live a fulfilled life. It's in Christ alone. And may we never forget, Christ did not just come to save us, to heal us, to forgive us. That's all important. But look at this, John 10, 10. Jesus himself said, I have also come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect. I want to do the impossible, more than you can expect in your life, in your marriage, in your family, and in your relationships. And I want to do it to the fullness until you overflow. And so... Are great marriages possible? Yes, they're absolutely possible. But you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a choice to do things God's way, not the world's way. In fact, we are in part three of the series today. Uh, in week one, we actually talked about the differences between the world's way and God's way. Last week, we talked about you only have a great marriage. You'll only have a great relationship if you are experiencing the love of God, because as you're experiencing the love of God, then that allows you to walk in the love of God. And I want to say, listen, if you missed the last two services, can I encourage you to go to olc.church and to listen to the message, or you can find it at iTunes, Apple iTunes, just type in One Life Church, Nampa, and you can listen to those to get caught up because they're foundational 
to where we're even headed today. So today I'm really excited because today, everybody, we are talking about communication. Everybody say, let's talk. Let's talk. Why don't we? So here's an honest, honest, God honest truth is every single one of us, including the person who is speaking to you today, we all struggle with our words, don't we? In fact, as I was preparing for this message today, God even began to convict me in some of the way that the, some of the communication that I've had. Because it's one thing that I've learned. Anything that you're good at also gives you the ability to be really bad at it. I'm not saying that I'm a great communicator, but for whatever reason, I like to talk. You know, I mean, I think studies have shown that women like have 20,000 words, right? And then like guys somewhere around like 10,000 words. I don't know if that study is true, but like in our marriage between Linda and I, I'm like, I, I have the role of the woman when it comes to the words in my life. I don't know why. God has a sense of humor, but I'm the one that likes to talk, but it can get me into some trouble sometimes, especially when you're in the process of putting together a message on communication. I'm just saying, so Lord help me. So I'm in this boat with you. I'm preaching to myself this morning. And so I got a question for you guys. Have you watched the news lately? Have you seen what's happening online? I mean, are you seeing what I'm seeing out there? Think about it, man. When you see what's happening in the world today, we live in a warped, crazy, confused, vile, vulgar, vicious world when it comes to our words, don't we? I mean, you post one thing on Instagram, you post one thing on social media, period, and get ready to get annihilated. I will never forget, we, back in 2008, we planted the church in September the 16th of 2018, so we're just a little over two years old. And uh, I'll never forget when we were prepping to plant and to launch our church we were using some of our funds to let's let people know we were in the neighborhood, right? We were advertising on social media. And I will never forget the hate emails, the hate comments. I'm like, man, you don't even know me. I'm here to serve you. I want to love you. I want to add value to your life. And all I saw in the comments on a lot of them in just direct messages were like, we can't stand that you're here. Who do you think you are? You're not even from Idaho. You're from where? Alabama? I'm thinking... Where in the world did it become okay for us to dehumanize a person and to annihilate somebody we don't even know? Because I'm like, man, if you and I could just sit down over coffee one day, I mean, I, I think we could be friends. <laughs> you know, but we're in a living in a society where we're dehumanizing people. Let me give you, for instance, uh, about a year or two ago when we were new to the valley, I would I'll never forget, I was trying to figure out the, you know, the landscape and just everything that was here. And I ended up on Eagle Road. How many of you know that that's the last place you want to end up, especially around rush hour? I'll never forget. Here I am trying to pull out on, in rush hour on Eagle Road, and all the cars are just bumped up to each other, and I'm trying to get out. And everybody in the car, I'm like, hey, like, will you let me in? And they're all kind of like looking at right, you know? It's not even look, not even acknowledge the fact that I'm there trying to get in. My blinkers in. I'm even trying to nudge up a little bit, like, hey, you know? Because if I could just make a little bit of eye contact, right, it changes, but the brother that was driving that day, he was driving a Jeep and he was like, his music was up and he had a little boy sitting right next to him. And I was doing everything I could to get the guy's attention. But the little boy looked over at me and the little boy and I made contact. And I'm just saying something changed when I made eye contact. Cause I, when I looked at that little kid now, I was like, please help me. <laughs> Will you just let me, I just try to get out. Right. And then the little boy looked over and he tapped his dad on the shoulder and you can see the look of disgust on the dad's face. He looked over, and the little boy pointed at me. He looked, and he's like, come on. It's like, I'm like, what changed? What changed is I became a human at that point. But before that moment, I was just a car. 
was just a vehicle. I was just a machine. I was dehumanized. And I'm just saying, guys, when it comes to our words specifically, as we talk around this topic today, let us not dehumanize people with our words, especially in our homes, especially in our marriages and in our families. And I know some of you are thinking right now about maybe this week, some of the words that were said in the home. In fact, some of you are thinking about the words that were said in the car this morning on the way to church. And I want you to know, listen, we all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. There is grace by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness. None of us are perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. But just because we're not perfect, it doesn't give us the excuse not to get better. And at the end of the day, guys, we just got to come to a place where we make the choice to change. We make the choice to change. So where do we start, Pastor Rhett? Like, how do I change my thinking? Well, I want to give you some new thinking today. In fact, I want to give you some new thinking when it comes to communication specifically. But before I do, I love this quote by George Bernard Shaw. It says, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that's taking place. See, many of us think we're communicating like our lips are moving. There's lip service, but our hearts are not connecting. And the goal of communication is for connection, especially in our marriages. It's heart connection. And so today on the front end of the service, I want to show you four levels of communication. Now, I didn't come up with these. These were by people who are a lot smarter than me, uh, professionals who studied at the University of Denver. They've studied human behavior and they've come up with four levels of communication. And this is very common in psychology. You'll see this. Here's number one. When it comes to level of communication, there's what we call surface communication. These are your cliches. This is what I call the Dutch bro conversation. No offense to my Dutch bro brothers or the business. But it's like when you're pulling up at Dutch, we're like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. How's the weather? Great. Awesome. Like we don't intend to really have a conversation. We're just kind of intending to have a head nod, right? It's this surface level communication. In fact, on social media, it's the likes It's the dislikes, and if you're lucky, it's the little heart, right? (laughs) Surface level communication. A lot of us live here in day-to-day, but the second level of communication goes a little bit deeper. It's the general information. And a lot of our marriages and homes, this is where we're just kind of passing information to and fro. It's like, hey, honey, I'm going to be home a little late tonight because, you know, work. I've got some stuff on my plate at work. Or, hey, don't forget, Johnny has a test, so let's make sure he studies for the test. And, hey, before I come home, hey, would you pick up this from Walmart because, hey, we need this for groceries. Or, hey, where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Mexican? No, I don't want to eat Mexican. Let's eat. I tell you, I'm like, well, don't tell me where you want to eat. If you No, it's like, right? It's these general information. So we're passing information back and forth. And I just want to be honest with you. The truth is, guys, real communication will never happen. It's got to go deeper than just surface. It's got to go deeper than just general. And and so, man, I want to help you out this morning. Man, take notes. Like if this is the only note you take, take this one. You're going to want this one. The four most romantic words that you could ever tell your wife are this. And then what happened? Now, after she passes out, because you've never said those words before in your entire life, pick her up, (laughs) give her some water, calm her down a little bit, right? And get ready to have some deep conversation. Y'all, that was worth the price of coming to church this morning, right? So there's, there's deeper levels of conversation and communication. There's actually two, and it begins with, here's one, deep feelings, deep feelings. 
Guys, if we're ever going to have a great marriage, ladies, if we're ever going to have great marriages, we've got to learn how to create safe places to express our feelings. Because here's the truth, whether you're a man or woman, young or old, we all have feelings. And every one of us need a place, a safe place, we can express those feelings. Because the truth is, let me tell you the truth about feelings. Feelings aren't always right, but they're always real. You can question the facts, but you can't question the way I feel. And so many of us, because we don't have a safe place to communicate our feelings, it ends up in conflict. And because we don't know how to deal with conflict, then it ends up in fights and so on and so on and so on. And so next week specifically, I'm going to talk about how we can handle conflict in a healthy, godlike way in our homes. And if you're in a fight, don't elbow your husband or your wife say, we're coming to church next week because you need to hear this message, right? Don't do that. But we can't avoid conflict. We can't avoid conflict. Like conflict doesn't have to be negative. It can be truly positive. And there are ways that it can turn into a beautiful, positive outcome in your home. So you got to have a safe place. And we'll talk a lot about that next week. But then there's a deeper level than just this deep feeling and expressing that. And this is the ultimate communication. And it's unfortunate for most of us. We never arrive here. And it's sad. And that is the sharing of deep needs. Sharing of deep needs. In other words, it's getting to a place where you can say, let me tell you what I really need. It may not be what I want. It may not be what I desire, but let me tell you what I need. And my friends, the best marriages are when both husband and both wife are serving each other's needs. And it is possible to have this kind of relationship and it's absolutely beautiful. But the truth is many of us were just not experiencing this type of relationship. Why? Because there's barriers in the way. We bought into the barriers of the world when it comes to our communication. In fact, I'll show you some barriers. Dr. Howard Markman and Scott Stanley, who've done 20 years of research into this topic at the University of Denver, they've come up with four barriers of communication. I didn't come up with these. I'm just sharing you some stuff that I studied this week. First barrier to communication is withdrawal. It's withdrawal. And there's two types of withdrawal. The first one is, it's, it's the last word person. It's like, oh yeah, well, uh, boom, slam the door, walk out. Right? There's that kind of withdrawal. But then there's the second kind of withdrawal, which is the silent treatment. So I'm just going to shut down. I'm not going to say a word. And I'm just going to make things miserable, not just for you, but for me in this entire house. In every single one of us, including myself, we are all guilty of both the last word and both the silent treatment. In fact, when I was thinking about the silent treatment, it reminded me of a couple who they were really mad at each other. In fact, they were, they were probably on week two of the silent treatment. And the guy, he didn't want to lose. He had a flight that took off the next morning, probably around 7, 8 a.m. And he had to wake up really early the next morning. And so he needed some help waking up because he knew that his wife always got up really early, like around 4 a.m. to get ready for work. And so instead of just saying, hey, honey, will you help me get up in the morning so I don't miss my flight? What he decided to do, since they were playing the silent treatment game, he decided to take a sticky note right on the note, uh, please wake me up. And he decided to put it, the note right beside the sink where she brushed her teeth in the morning. And so as the story goes, 
The man woke up around 9 a.m., missed his 7 a.m. flight. He was furious. He was mad. He could not believe that his wife didn't help him wake up. And then he looked over at his nightstand and he saw a note on his nightstand. And the note said, wake up. It's 5 a.m. Come on, that's funny. I don't care who you are. That is funny. Woo. Just trying to help some marriages this morning. So, so we have the barrier withdrawal. Then that leads, honestly, it just leads to escalation, doesn't it? It leads to escalation. This is when they're, we're heated, man. Our tempers are flaring. Ah! Right? Did you know that research shows that when a man's heartbeat exceeds 115 BPMs a minute, you know what happens to a man? It says he loses all ability to have any kind of rational thought. And now you're going, oh, wow, now that makes sense. No wonder I do stupid when I get mad. Guys, when we get mad, when we get heated, when we get in that moment and our heart rate begins to rise, we lose the ability to have any kind of rational thought, which then from escalation leads to number three, which is belittling. Belittling. In other words, because of our own secure insecurity, now we're going to degrade the other person. Now I'm going to make you feel less than to make myself feel a little bit better about myself. Which reminds me of another story of a couple who was in the middle of belittling each other. Uh, I don't know where they were driving, but somehow they ended up in, in driving some old backcountry road. And the husband and the wife are just yeah, yeah, at each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so the husband takes a moment, he looks outside, and there's a farm they're passing by. And just by the road, there was just a herd of pigs. And so he looked at the pigs, he looked at his wife, he looked at the pigs, he looked at his wife, and he said, hey, are those relatives of yours? And the wife said, yep, in-laws. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Aren't you glad you came to church today? Amen. <laughs> So belittling also leads to this fourth very dangerous barrier, and that is, and honestly, I can't downplay this. I, I, it really is demonic, and that is where we begin to believe lies. It's this false belief. It's where we begin to create things in our own mind that didn't even happen, and it's a trap set by the enemy to destroy your life, to destroy your marriage, to destroy your kids, destroy your future. And I'm just telling you by the power of Christ living on the inside of you as a son or a daughter of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. My friends, greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. You can take thought, every thought, captive by the power of Christ living on the inside of you. And you can make it obedient to his word. No weapon formed against you will prosper. The enemy may come at you with one direction, with one lie, but he's got to flee from you in seven. You are a child of God and you do not have to buy into this false belief in the lies from the enemy. If you believe that, say a good amen, somebody. Amen. amen. Is it possible to have great marriages? Absolutely. Is it possible to have great relationships? Yes. Is it possible to have great communication? Yes, but we have got to make some choices. We've got to be intentional when it comes to the way we communicate. And so I, as I close the message today, I want to give you five things that communication consists of. Five things that communication consists of. Here's the first one. Prayer. Prayer. Some of you are thinking, what in the world does prayer have anything to do with communication? Have you ever heard this statement before? The couple that prays together stays together. Think about this for a moment. What is 
Prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is a conversation. It's communication. Who's it between? It's between you and God. So if it's a conversation between you and God, then in my mind, there is no better place to start to learn how to communicate than to communicate by beginning to talk to the one who created my mouth. Well, Pastor what does that look like? It honestly looks like just being very real, very transparent, very honest. God, I need some help because I'm about to lose it. I need you. God, I can't do this thing on my own. I need you. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. My heartbeat's getting about about 114. And if it gets beyond 115, I'm losing all irrational thought. I need you to intervene. I need your help. I'm scared. I'm afraid of what might happen. Because this fight was the biggest thing that I've ever experienced. And I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. We pray. We invite God into the picture. David said this in Psalm 34, 4. When I asked the Lord for help, he answered me. The promise of prayer is a response from God. He answers. God's presence shows up through the power of prayer. And what happens when God's presence shows up? Your perspective begins to change. Look at what he says. He said, he saved me from all that I feared. David saying, when I began to pray, my perspective began to change. The presence of God shows up and a transformation happens in my mind. I, it's no longer about my thoughts. God, I'm experiencing now your thoughts. Listen to me. When you involve God in the process of your life, in the process of your marriage, in the process of your family, and when your kids, when you involve God in the process, your heart not only changes, but your mouth begins to change. Let me show you, to, let me show you this. Psalm 16, verse 8 through 9. David said, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. In other words, I'm involving God in the process. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Why? Because my life has been transformed. How? My heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. What is he saying, David? David's saying, every time I pray, my communication changes. Great communication consists of prayer. Number two, great communication consists of affirmation. Everybody say affirmation. What is affirmation? It's where we declare our support. It's where we honor others with our words. And parents, listen to me. Hey, parents in this room, there is no greater gift that you can give to your son or to your daughter than the gift of affirmation. There's no greater gift. In fact, it's so important that you know that God himself affirmed Jesus publicly. It's actually one of the first things that God actually spoke in the New Testament. Look at this. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. As soon as Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, he went up out of the water and at that moment heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. Now check this out. And a voice from heaven said, God said, this is my son in whom I love and with him I am well pleased. My friends, God always demonstrates what he expects. So every day, because of this verse, every day, you can ask my son, every day these three words come out of my mouth. You're my son. 
I love you and I am proud of you. In fact, every day before he gets out of the car at school, Max, you're my son. I love you. I'm proud of you. In fact, I even take it a step further. You're a child of God. You're a man of God. You're full of the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to change the world. Ready? You saying your son doesn't make mistakes? No, 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 no. I'm not saying he makes mistakes. We all make mistakes, but I will never identify my son with his mistake. I will never identify my son with this mistake. I'll be like, I know that's what you did, but that is not who you are. You are my son and I love you. Now, I may be disappointed in you and some of the decisions that you've made, but it doesn't change the fact that you're my son. I love you and I'm proud of you. And I'm saying, hey, guys, why not just try it? I'm telling you, if you'll begin to bring affirmation into your home toward not only your kids, but your wife, your spouse, Watch how it will change not only your life, but their life. And you will begin to create an environment in your home that you never thought possible through affirmation. This is great communication possible. Yes, it's absolutely possible. But you got to do some things God's way. We've got to communicate. Great communication consists of prayer. It consists of affirmation. Look at number three. Great communication consists of affection. Affection. Some of you are like, oh, I'm tapping out. I'm not an affectionate person. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> I love you. I brought an entire message last week around this topic, but I, I'm not going to spend a ton of time here, but I think it's important to at least mention one more time. Jesus said this in John 13, 34, love one another. How is I have loved you? Guys, the only way that we'll ever have a great marriage is if there is love in our home. But the only way that love will ever be in our home, the only way we'll ever have the capacity to love like this is if we are experiencing God's love for ourselves. Because if you're trying to do it in your own strength, it will not happen. It will fail. You can only do this through God's strength. You cannot give what you have not received. Why do we love? Because he first loved us. And so I just want to encourage you. Show affection Show love. Last week, I gave you practical ways. Say it, write it, give it, forgive it, live it. And for those who are touch people, I'm not going to remind you of that. Go back and listen to the message, but you know, touch. Church, I just want to take a moment and just tell you how much I love you. I love you so much. I cannot tell you enough how thankful I am to get to be just a friend in your life, a pastor. It is the greatest joy and honor for me to be a part. I love you and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of what God's done through your life in two years. I'm, I am so proud of you. You're my church. You're God's church, but still my church. Like we, we're in this thing together. I'm so proud of you. I love you. And I, I can't tell you, I wish I could just sit down and have a conversation with every single one of you. I love you so much. Guys, I'm just trying to give you some practical ways today to have a great marriage, to have a great relationship. Great communication is absolutely possible. It consists of a few key ingredients. So it consists of prayer. It consists of affirmation. It consists of affection. Here's another one. It consists of encouragement. Encouragement. I love this verse from Proverbs 18.21, specifically as it deals with encouragement. 
And that is, it says the tongue has the power of life, but it also has the power of death. And those who love it, you're going to eat the fruit of it. Guys, every single one of us are a product of the words that have been spoken over our lives, whether good or whether bad. We can't change the fact that we are a byproduct of the words that have been spoken over our lives. Guys, I will never forget as a 16-year-old kid, as mischievous as I was, even giving my heart to Christ and coming to the local church, having men and women of God speaking into my life, calling things that weren't as though they were, encouraging the fire out of me, telling me that I had a pl- God had a plan and a purpose for my life, that God had so much in store for me. It was so pivotal. It was so important to me because I'd never heard those words before in my life. It was the first time that I began to experience love. I began to experience value and it changed my life. I'm on this platform today. I am in Idaho today because of the people that have spoken into my life. But I had to make a choice. The choice that I made was to get myself in a small group. My friends, listen to me. Small groups are so important. Why? Because we all need a place where we can be encouraged. We all need a place where we're not only receiving encouragement, but that we're giving encouragement. Because Proverbs eleven twenty five, not on the screen, not even in my notes, but a generous person, a person who refreshes others, a person who encourages others themselves will be refreshed. We all need environments where people are speaking life into us. We all need environments where we're speaking into the lives of others especially in our kids, especially in our kids' life. This is why I love our kids' life team so much. I'm telling you, if you've ever wanted a place to be able to serve and and, and experience life change and making a difference, it's in our kids' life team. You know why? Because our kids' life team is living out this message every Sunday. Your kids right now, from the youngest to the oldest, are in small groups. They're in a small group atmosphere right now. There's people, men and women of God, who have chosen to make a difference with their life, to pray, to affirm, to show affection, to encourage, and to speak life. Guys, right now, your kids, they're not just rocking babies. They're saying, God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And we love you so much. People are being, your kids are being spoken over right now. They're saying, we are so proud of you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're going to be a world changer. You're going to change the world. We can't wait to see all that God does through you. Even now, you're doing great things for God. Can we just take a moment, throw our hands together for our Kids Life team, everybody? Isn't that amazing? Is great communication possible? Yes. You got to do things God's way. Great communication consists of prayer. It consists of affirmation. It consists of affection. It consists of encouragement. And here's the last one. It consists of kindness. Everybody say kindness. So what does kindness say? What does it say? Kindness says that I'm going to create a safe place. That I'm going to create an environment where you feel safe around me. This is what kindness does. I love this verse, Proverbs 15, one. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word 
Seriously? Again? Are you kidding me? It stirs up a boiling point of heart rate above 115. It stirs up anger. Sir, just because you get loud, just because you get in her face and you get your way, it doesn't change her heart. It doesn't change your home. It destroys it. It destroys it. Proverbs 12, 18. Some people, they make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise, the words of those who choose to do things God's way, the words of those who are in a relationship with God, and who are experiencing love and kindness themselves. Those who have chosen to live this kind of life, to express kindness, they create a safe place that brings, look at the last word, healing. Brings healing. So, what do we do? Colossians 3, verse 12, be merciful. As you endeavor to understand others, and be compassionate. How? By showing kindness towards all. So I'm going to close with this powerful verse that comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. It's powerful words from Paul as he's closing out the letter to the Corinthian church. And this is what he says. He says, dear brothers and sisters, and this is what I would say to you. Hey, One Life Church, as I close my letter or my message this morning, I'm going to close with these last words. Be joyful. Choose joy. Grow to maturity. How? By encouraging each other. In other words, by praying, affirming, showing affection, being encouraging, being kind, live in harmony and peace. Because then, look at this, here's the promise. If you live this way in communication with others, the God of love and the God of peace will be with you. God of love and peace will be in your marriage. The God of love and peace will be in your home. The God of love and peace will be with your kids, will be with you at work. The God of love and peace will be with you. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around or moving around in this moment. This is just an important moment. I want to pray. God, I pray right now for those who have been devastated by words. Maybe they were devastated by words from those who were closest. Maybe it was their dad. Maybe it was their mom. Maybe it was their family or friend. Maybe it was their spouse or even their teacher. God, I pray for them today. God, I pray by the power of the Spirit of God that's in this room that you would begin to bring healing and comfort and joy to the deepest, darkest places of, of wounds from words. God, I pray that people would begin to experience affirmation from you I pray, God, today that people would begin to experience your affection, your encouragement, God, and your kindness that comes from Christ in Christ alone. God, for those of us, including myself, who have ever said words that have hurt or that have wounded, God, I'm just praying right now that you forgive us. Forgive me. Help me. God, may the meditation of my heart, may the words of my mouth, be pleasing to you, oh God. Help us, God, to be intentional today with our words. 
And church, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just need you to understand something. None of this is possible without the power of Christ living on the inside of you. Can't do it. It's impossible. But nothing is impossible with God. So what do I do? Well, the first step is surrendering your life to Jesus. It's giving him control. And so maybe some of you are here today and you feel far from God. Some of you are here today and you just feel disconnected. I just want you to know you are one heartfelt prayer away from experiencing and connecting to the power of God and the power of his love and the power of his joy and the power of his hope and the power of his healing. How? Romans 10, 9. If you'll confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Christ died, but that God raised him from the dead, you, my friends, will be saved. You'll experience life. So if you're here today, you're like, God, I just know some things are not right between me and you. I want to repent. I want to turn. I want to change my thinking. I want to surrender my life to you. If that's you today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. But if that's you today, would you be so bold to raise your hand and say, Pastor Red, you're talking to me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to come into a relationship with God right now all across this room. That's you. Just raise your hand. Be so bold. Say, that's me. Nobody's looking around. It's the most important, significant moment of your entire life right now in this room. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Could I encourage you to say a prayer like this? In fact, church, would everybody say this prayer out loud just under your breath? Say, God, today, I say yes to your love. I say yes to your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Forgive me. Change me. Come live on the inside of me. Transform me. I put my hope, I put my trust in you today. That's my Lord. That's my Savior. I give you my life. I give you everything. I pray they say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. Empower me to make a difference. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, hang with me just for a second. If you raised your hand this morning, if you said that prayer and you know you meant it from the bottom of your heart, Congratulations. Amen. Welcome home. Welcome to the family of God. You've been saved. You've been redeemed. You found hope. You found healing. And it's the first step in your process and your relationship with God. And I wish I could say, hey, man, that's the only step. But you know what? It's the best step. But there are other steps to take while we're still in this life. One of the best steps you can take that's next is small group, man. It's getting around life-giving people who can speak into your life. Life change happens in life-giving relationships. So I'm going to help you with some next steps, just like this one. If you would allow, allow me the opportunity, I'd love to send you, if you'll draw your attention to the connection card, it's in your worship guide that was in your seat this morning. That connection card is a safe card to fill out. We have a hassle-free guarantee. Whatever information you're comfortable putting in that card, you'll have an opportunity to place it in a container on the way out of the service today. And if you're watching us online or joining with us by listening to the podcast, you can go to olc.church and click the button that says connection card. Here's what will happen if you'll fill out that information and let us know you made a decision. All I simply want to do is send you one email. This one email. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to show up at your house. I just want to send you an email that says, congratulations. 
And that simply gives you some next steps. Hey, One Life family, there were several hands that went up this morning and gave their heart to Christ today. Can we celebrate and rejoice for those? Come on. 